0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 36 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by my lovely co-host, Ella DiGiovanni, and Ella... We've got just um, a few days before I'm back, or I'm back in Philly, I should say, for my first time in Philly. So before that, though, we're going to get down to some really fun topics this week and break down some of the crazy things that went on. But how was your weekend?
1: It was good. Everything was good. Obviously, basically just counting down until you're here. I can't wait much longer. I'm ready to go. We're party planning right now. We're party planning.
0: (laughs) Ella has an itinerary for me when I get there.
1: I always have an itinerary.
0: Which I'm always there
1: for. I don't operate without an itinerary.
0: (laughs) No, we're both very organized people, so it works out well. I'm pumped. All right. Well, before we get into our topics, I know, Ella, you wanted to mention a little something that I know our male viewers out there, or listeners, I should say, will appreciate.
1: Yes. Before we get into everything, I just want to remind everyone to go visit harrys. slash blue wire. Don't forget, check it out and check it out on social media as well. I will
0: even say this: my husband owns uh, Harry's razors and actually all the shaving cream and all that. I have borrowed his shaving cream multiple times. Oh yeah, it's nice it, it, when I run out of mine, and it works very well. So, ladies. You can always use your husband's shaving cream if you run out of yours. So I'm telling you, it's quality stuff. (laughs) All right, let's dive into our three-pointers this week. Let's start off with the topic that I always enjoy talking about, and that is Major League Baseball. But before we kind of give you a second-half review, I wanted to chat about the All-Star Game last Mm -hmm. week and just everything that surrounded it up in Cleveland. We spent a lot of time out there. First of all, I wanted to give a shout-out to Cleveland because they did an incredible— job of supporting that all-star game. Uh, the home run derby was packed sold out the all-star game packed sold out people stayed until the very end it was loud there was lots of energy at progressive field so shout out to the fans of Cleveland does not surprise me I love the fandom up there and just the genuine support for sports in general so that was awesome to see my highlight of course was first of all the home run derby I was glued to my television set (laughs) and and tweeting yeah and live tweeting at the same time but I know, you know, when it came down to the actual final of it, that was awesome, you know, to see. But I think my biggest thing was seeing what happened in, I think it was the semifinals of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you had a guy in Jock Peterson, who I actually got to witness in person when I was in Cincinnati for the home run Derby and All-Star game. He narrowly lost to Todd Frazier. Yep. So I saw Jock when he was a rookie in that home run derby derby. So I actually picked Jock to win this one and he almost got past that round and probably would have won it if it wasn't for the machine that I call Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that guy, if you saw him in this Michigan. home run derby, are you kidding me? That swing was yeah. Yeah. insane. Like, and the fact that he wasn't more tired After the power of that swing and just – it was just like he was just hitting for the fences every single pitch. That semifinal between him and Jock was like one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a while. Obviously, Pete Alonzo went on to win it. But props to just giving us a great home run derby. And then the All-Star game, my highlight – was miking up the players. I thought that that was great. Mm -hmm. I know they've done it before, but for some reason, I just thought that like the players they chose this time really captured the essence of the all-star game. I mean, you had Lindor who was linked up, who's always just smiling and is himself, right? Then you had Freddie Freeman, who was hilarious. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the game for a bit now, and he's just continuing to like do big things for the Braves but he was hilarious I thought he was so well put together in the way that he did it he was kind of going back and forth with Justin Verlander on the mound I thought that was brilliant and then you had the trio of Houston Astros out in the field that were mic'd up I just thought it really like brought viewers I guess a little bit closer to the players and this again is something that they need to continue to do with marketing of these players so I thought that was really cool
1: Yeah, I agree. It definitely contributes to drawing in fans because some people may view the All-Star game as kind of, oh, why would I watch or why should I be interested? And that definitely gives a little bit of an entertainment factor that could really just bring in people who maybe weren't planning on watching otherwise. Before we move into our second half preview, the other thing that I just thought was very, very funny from All-Star weekend was, of course, the one Philadelphia Philly that was sent to the all-star game, JT Romuto. Yeah. Don't know if you noticed, he was wearing a different team's batting helmet because the Phillies, equipment staff or whoever uh, did not send a Phillies batting helmet. So uh, he wore I know he was wearing a Brewers batting helmet, uh one at bat. I forget what he was wearing. Cause there are a few different photos of him wearing different batting helmets. Obviously not that big of a deal, but it was pretty funny watching him go to the dish with a Brewers helmet on. I was thinking you had one All Star you you couldn't remember. At least it what wasn't the Braves. Helmet. I know. At least it
0: wasn't the Braves helmet. Right. I know.
1: That's true. That's true. Maybe
0: maybe I'll bring your Phillies or struggling, I'm sorry oh. but to be honest, but maybe I'll bring them. Maybe I'll bring them some of my good juju, which I do with all the teams I uh, go and support. So maybe I'll bring them a little bit of love when I'm in Philly, because we're going to a Philly's uh, Dodgers game on Thursday. So, And I'm I'm not a fan of the Dodgers. I like Jock Peterson, but I don't like the
1: Dodgers. So we need, we need all the good juju we can get right about I now. I know you guys do. Uh,
0: so what about the second half preview? I mean, nothing's really changed since we talked a couple months ago.
1: No, no. You know, a few months ago, especially to our loyal listeners, you'll know this, that we broke down kind of looking ahead to the rest of the MLB season. I think it was entering June. We, we broke down who w- who was really leading, who was basically a total flop by the month of June and had to turn it around. And like you said, not much has changed. The Yankees still leading the AL, which I think that was my pick, right? The Yankees and then the Twins. Yes. The Twins was yours. They're on top of the Central. The Astros lead the West in the National League. It's the Braves in the East, Dodgers in the West. And really the only division where teams are in a tight race is the NL Central. And that will be interesting to see how that unfolds. The Cubs are on top, but the Brewers and the Cards are right there behind them.
0: Yeah, and really the Reds, I think, are only like six games back, which is crazy Ooh, to think thought, because cause who who are the Cincinnati Reds? I mean, right. when have they been relevant, mm-hmm. um, not to be rude or anything. But here's the thing with that central division in the National League. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because I think it'll come down to what pitching comes out, you know, with the most consistency and is, is able to keep it tight because obviously anybody can do anything in that Division right now so I think that Cubs probably have the best shot mm-hmm. just of what they're doing as a whole right yeah. now and they always seem to make things work Madden yeah. is such a good manager I kind of trust in him to to get them there so it'll be
1: interesting but so, they were they weren't looking that promising of just a few months ago no, either they and, were awful and Madden was basically on the chopping block if he uh, wasn't taking this team to which, October well,
0: that's stupid, yeah. and I and that's I don't even I don't even want to go there because Madden is one of the greatest baseball minds and managers in the game. And you know what? If Chicago's going to do that, fine. You're not going to. I mean, they're going to struggle for a long time. Sure. You're going to have down years. You won the World Series.
1: Right. Chill out. Right. Right. right? No, I I agree. I agree. I I completely agree with you on that one.
0: Well, let's move to our other 3 pointer topic. And that is, I thought we were done with this. Good God. The NBA drama. I call it as the NBA world turns. My mom watched a lot of soap operas growing up. I'm named after a (laughs) soap opera actor, actress. So yeah, I love the NBA drama. And of course it was this time, Russell Westbrook. He was traded to the Houston Rockets, reunited with former teammate, James Harden. The beard. They reunited because they played together in their early years, 2009 to 2012, with the Thunder. And so, I guess my biggest question is like, how many dynamic duos are there out there now? And like, which ones are actually going to work? I think this one can work in Houston. I think that they can play. Faster with Westbrook there, as Chris Paul obviously went to the Thunder. Things were not working out with him and Harden there. It was like a bad relationship. Yes, it very. just was not a good culture. But my biggest question is like, they're going to have to make sacrifices, one or the other, because both of those guys like to have the ball, right? Yes. Both of them can't have 90 touches per game. So they're going to have to figure out a way, and I think they can figure out a way of making it work. But if they do, I think that could be the most deadly dynamic duo.
1: Yeah, it was crazy because all of this broke, I think, right after we recorded our podcast last week. And we had just talked about the new duos in the NBA. You know, we broke down LeBron and AD, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, Kawhi and PG. And then now we have Westbrook reuniting with James Harden. Right when I saw rumors swirling that they were kind of shopping Westbrook, you know, he requested a trade. I thought they're going to go through with it because look, they don't want to deal with an annoyed no. Russell Westbrook and a, a Russell Wel- Res- Russell Westbrook. Wow, say it's hard name. to say.
0: No, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's hard to say. I know they don't want to deal with a Russell Westbrook that doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City. I just thought it it was crazy that that's where he landed in Houston with James Harden. That really kind of. Upped the the um the surprise excitement level, yeah, definitely. Because I know it was swirling a little bit of him going to Miami. Him and Jimmy Butler would not have been the duo. I think that would have worked well together. This is probably the best scenario for Russell Westbrook, and it does send some help to James Harden. You know, like you said, they can't both have ninety touches per game, but it may be good to spread it around. and and see what they can do. But I am looking forward to seeing who the best duo will be in the NBA because now there's many of them.
0: Yeah. And Westbrook is like one of those guys. He is so athletic. Like, you could get him cut to the inside, yep. getting some of those finishes and everything, and I could see like how they could work that out. I think it'll be interesting to watch because Houston has been so close to that NBA final, right? Yeah, and they just weren't able to make it over the hump. Maybe even this year, up. this past
1: year, they, yeah. They, they
0: And I I almost think at times they are the better team compared to Golden State sometimes, you know? And so I think it'll be cool to see if this works because obviously there's just something that just wasn't working with Chris Paul there, right? And sometimes that's the the experiments don't work and that's okay. And everybody else is obviously doing these power things. And so I think Houston was really smart to do this. So we'll see how that unfolds. For our last three-pointer topic Before we get to that, though, uh, we are going to talk about some shaving. Because Harden, I would just want to see if he (laughs) went and used Harry's shavers. Like, what would he look like underneath that beard? I always wonder that with some of these guys. Like, they look 20 years younger.
1: Google When they show photos of him, like, playing in, I think, maybe NBA Summer League or when he entered the draft or something and he doesn't have a beard, it's like a different – person exists yeah
0: that's what some of these hockey guys look like too it's uh-huh. just so funny to me i love like clean shaven guys but i i do say i will say this harden does do a good job of grooming that he beard. Does. so you know, guys, we have an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash wire to save $10 on a value trial set. And that includes uh, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shaved gel that I talked about that I have used, and a trade blade cover. Now, you get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. You know, enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's.
1: Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. All
0: right, well, let's dive into that third topic. And guess what? Training camp opens up in oh, like a week. God,
1: Alex,
0: bless the how exciting! Bird. It's exciting. Um, I know that both of us are obviously in NFL towns. So there has been a lot of talk about this 18 game proposal. I have chatted about it on my shows this past week. And I will just say this. I personally don't like the idea. I say it's just like a greedy move by the NFL in general and by the owners who make billions of dollars. It's all about the money. We all know this. And that's really all they care about. And part of the deal that I think is completely stupid is the fact that they say players can only play 16 of those 18 games. So guess what? You're going to have your backup quarterbacks and your backup players in certain games and people are supposed to pay full price to come see it. Get
1: out of here. Okay. From a fan perspective, as a person who loves football and hates when the NFL season ends, Sure, 18 games sounds great on the surface level, right? But when you break it down, it is an awful idea. For first, what you just mentioned, that the starters can only play in 16 of those games. That's stupid for a lot of reasons because you even see, I mean, preseason games, starters don't even play a snap anymore, right? It's all, for the most part, all backups. Like, And you see some teams really making statements in the preseason now, not playing their starters, at all. I mean, the Chicago Bears did right. Mitchell Trubisky one preseason game. I think he played three snaps in the Hall of Fame game, and that was it. And if you don't think other teams are going to follow that lead, you're crazy because they are. Because it obviously worked for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That's the first thing. Sure. Other thing you have to consider, too, is if, say, you know, you were in an Eagle situation in 2017, you have Nick Foles in there, right? And mm-hmm. Nick Foles is your only option because Carson Wentz is down, or even last season in 2018, say Nick Foles gets hurt playing in his extra 17th and 18th game, Mm -hmm. then what do you do?
0: No, yeah, that's a good point.
1: He would have had to have played. Or say you had, you know, a healthy Carson Wentz the whole way. Carson Wentz goes down at the end of the year, again, like that happened in 2017. Nick Foles has to play in game 17 and 18, and he gets hurt, you know? I just think – Yep. But if he got hurt in game – 15, it is what it is. But when you add these two extra games and something like that happens, it's a way bigger deal. So I like it from a fan perspective, obviously, because I hate when the season ends. But first, you have to think about the health of the players. Second, then it's just dumb when the starters can't even play in game 17 and 18 and they're only playing in the full 16.
0: Yeah, look, I'd rather have the product be as best the best it's going to be instead of having more games, because I want to see the best of these players, right? I don't want to see unhealthy players. And then the next year you've got so-and-so and and -and so-and-so out because the season was too long. I want to see the best quality football that I can see during the season. And I think this would screw with it. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon unless they can really figure out the correct way to do it. I mean, these players have to get paid, and then they're going to probably say we want guaranteed contracts like the MLB and uh-huh. NBA and all that stuff, right? I just I don't see it happening because there's it there's just too much on each side that is hard to negotiate. I just want
1: to know what the reason for the starters only playing 16 of those games because it's so they proposed an 18 game season then why doesn't it the players just play 18 games
0: because they're that they think that that's saying then okay well we'll rest at least the starters for two games
1: which is four
0: i know that defeats the whole purpose then this is pretty much a preseason
1: schedule like it doesn't make any sense at all do you do you rest to start this season or the first two games or do you rest them at the end i don't understand yeah i just get some brains do do you pick and choose the two games on your schedule that you want to rest your starters. Like, I don't understand the point of that. I don't either. Makes my head hurt. (laughs) Well, while we're still talking about money, Melvin Gordon says Mm -hmm. he's going to hold out of training camp until a new deal is done. If that doesn't happen, he'll demand a trade. Is he overreacting or is this understandable for the short lives of running backs in the league? We've seen this. Le'Veon Bell, Bell, We all know how that ended. He didn't get the deal. He held out. He wasn't lying when he said he wasn't showing up. And, you know, not everyone can be Frank Gore, right? You don't see many running backs play past 30. So, does he deserve it? Sure. But are we going to be seeing more and more and more of this with the running back position? Probably.
0: Yeah. Well, the way the game's going, yeah. I mean, especially. Not everybody just relies on the run game now, right? right. I mean, and there's more versatile guys too. And so I think he is not – I don't think he's overreacting because, look, when it comes down to it, on each side it's a business. And you got to fight for your right not to party but to stay in the league. And so I think, Melvin, I'm okay with it because – Look, he's a good player. He's been a solid player. He knows there's not a ton of life left, but he's still able to do what he can do. So why not get a contract right now and feel like he can like be comfortable and not have to, you know worry about something happening and then he's screwed. right? So I don't know. I think he's I think he's okay with saying this.
1: Oh, I think he's I think he's that. totally okay with demanding it. I also just wonder too, the worth of the position anymore. money wise obviously I'm not, you know, downplaying the worth of a running back on a football team, but how much money teams are willing to invest in these running backs. If they're not much, if if they don't have fresh legs, they're not fresh out of college. I mean, Le'Veon Bell held out and finally went to the jets and he didn't get some big, crazy deal that everyone was expecting. Yeah. He got paid. But it wasn't what everyone was expecting it would be. So is there just not as much money in that position anymore? I think we're going to find out, especially in the coming years, you're going to have Zeke do for a contract. What is that going to be like? How's that going to go down? You know, and yeah, if he can
0: shape up his act, part of that too. Oh, God.
1: Getting in trouble for the love of God. But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting discussion to continue to have because we're obviously seeing it more and more, especially in this position.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll be touching on plenty of football next week because we'll be having training camp coming up. But for now, we're going to go outside the lines. And I know that we wanted to start with something that was probably, I think, one of the coolest things I've witnessed in a while when it came to like a moment in sports. Um, and that was Tyler Skaggs, obviously, honored out that game since his passing. And I mean, talk about all the craziness things that went on in that game. I mean, it was nuts Mm. to see what happened. He was literally this guy who was an angel in the outfield that day, I feel like.
1: Goosebumps. I mean, from his mom's first pitch to them, throwing a combined no-hitter. Every image from that game, all of the players putting their 45 jerseys on the mound. I mean, it's it's why you love sports, because it's... You know, a uniting mechanism, I guess you could say, just to see them all lined up with 45 jerseys and Skaggs on their back. It was pretty, pretty cool. It was it was really cool. Yeah,
0: I I covered Skaggs when he was with the Diamondbacks organization. I have followed him for a very long time. And when I, you know, found this out that he had passed at the age of 27, I mean, I was just shocked. I was in in just shock. He's always somebody that really stood out to me. He had a great personality. He really was a great teammate. And so what was really cool too is I don't know if – I know people saw this, but the Angels scored seven runs in the first uh, inning and then 13 overall. So they combined for like – on his birthday, it was 7.13, which was the next day, which is crazy.
1: I mean, there was just so, so
0: like signs. That yeah, was it was just nuts. It was so cool to see. So that was a cool moment.
1: Well, the last thing I wanted to take outside the lines was we have so many discussions, especially on here about the decline in interest in Major League Baseball. We can go back and forth all day long about what's working, what's not working for MLB, you know, marketing players similar to how other leagues do so. And this week I saw this swirling around on social media that the Packers profit dropped ninety eight percent last year to just seven hundred and twenty four thousand dollars. So it was hurt by what I was reading, said that it was hurt by losing and Rogers mega deal. To see an organization mm. like the Green Bay Packers, I mean that's a that's a historic organization. Their profit dropped ninety eight percent. Wow, that's insane. That's insane.
0: That's the Cheeseheads, I mean, they represent up there too. I mean, that's a, that's really it's shocking fantastic. to me. And it's not yeah. like it's not like I mean, yeah, they didn't have the greatest season, but like it still shocks me because they have that. They're such a steady fan base mm-hmm. up there, and you know, Rogers did get hurt and came back and played this season. So it wasn't like they didn't have him playing. And you would think, like, just with losing him, maybe I could see that happening. But that really does shock me. And here's the thing, like, with that whole supporting teams, you know, win or lose or whatever. Like, it's it's starting to fade, I think. And I think people just want to see more and more nowadays with all the new generation. They want to just see winning, right? That's all they want. And it's it's like the, they, they don't want to stand by their teams when – they're not right. the top of the league or the you know winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and so I think like people sometimes need to take a step back and know that franchises are going to go through their sloppy times. And I'll tell you right now, Green Bay Packers fans, I don't know what your future is right now because you know Aaron Rodgers is is getting. I mean, he's getting up there now, right? And he's with this new coach and Matt Lafleur, and there's already tension between them. So. I don't know what's going to happen this year, and at some point, that is gonna, they're going to they're going to start losing. I would love
1: like to see who Aaron Rodgers doesn't season. have tension with. He always just looks like, mad at. Well, oh yeah, the world. he has an
0: issue. Well, yeah, if you don't get along with your parents, yeah. that's telling you something. So, I mean, I,
1: I don't know. I just thought that was my interesting little factoid of the week. I mean, the Green Bay yeah. Packers did not even make a profit of a million dollars this year. That's insane. I would think they could sell a million dollars worth of cheese heads. But, like, I don't understand.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Like, I that is really crazy. Well, we'll have to see what happens this year. Maybe they'll be intrigued by this new relationship mm-hmm. with LaFleur and Rogers. Well, let's go to the knockout round. And what I wanted to mention is uh, we don't have a guest on this week. And part of the reason why is we are starting to transition into our new format, which is going to be kicking off in about two weeks. Same name, same. Uh, we'll be with Blue Wire Podcasting still, but we're just doing something different, and I think you guys will enjoy it. It's the perfect time to transition into this sure next is. thing. And when I'm in Philly this uh, week, we're going to be giving hints. So we'll be kind of posting on social media. We'll be doing Instagram videos, just giving you hints of maybe what
1: this new format will be. Dun dun dun! I'm pumped. I'm excited though.
0: Yeah, pumped. me too. So for those of you out there that would like to subscribe and go follow us on social so you can follow all the things that we're doing this week in Philly, where can the fans go?
1: So if you're listening right now on iTunes, please press that subscribe button, leave a rate or review on social media at press pass pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then our personal accounts at Ella didge and at Kayla Anderson TV.
0: Awesome. Well, we enjoyed you guys listening this week. Uh, Sorry if we, Disappointed you by not having the guest on, but maybe you know you got more of us speaking our minds, and I'm sure that that's always entertaining. (laughs) So For all of you guys out there, look on our social media platforms this week. We'll be posting lots of fun stuff. I think sometimes it's hard to always get our whole personalities when you don't actually see us. So we'll be doing some cool stories and everything. And I'm sure you'll get plenty of us as our uh, weekend Philly will be pretty crazy. So thanks again, you guys, and have an awesome week.